When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Bald Move Prestige film. This is a commission podcast by one uh, Josh H. And uh, he is the previous commissioner of Gattaca, a movie we both really enjoyed. Uh, this is The Great Escape. It's a classic war film. It's directed by John Sturgis, who also did the gunfight at the OK Corral and The Magnificent Seven. Also, uh, Breaking Bad fans might recognize uh, the name Ice Station Zebra. Another late film directed by John Sturgis. Uh, hmm. Screenplay by James Clavel, uh, who wrote the original Vincent Price, The Fly. Also wrote Shogun, the TV miniseries in the 80s. One of my dad's favorite miniseries. And uh, W.R. Burnett, who also helped on uh, Ice Station Zebra, based on the book of the same name, The Great Escape, by Paul Brickhill. It stars James Corburn, uh, who, Corburn, who is on Co- the mix. Coburn? I think it's Coburn. just Coburn. Yeah, sorry. Uh, who's uh, co-starred on a Magni- magnificent seven? Uh, Donald Pleasance, yeah, who plays Blowfield from Halloween. on. Oh, oh right. is that okay? Because he's also Blowfield from Only Live Twice. He's the president of the United States in Escape from New York, and he's the villain in Puma Man. <laughs> Puma Man, <laughs> who you might recognize as a as a mid season Mystery Science Theater three thousand movie. Donald Pleasance in hmm. one of those. Charles Bronson, who I most know from Death Wish, the Death Wish series. Yes, everyone does. Uh, Richard Attenborough, who is fucking Mr. Hammond from yeah. Jurassic Park. He is the leader of Project X here. James Garner, uh, TV uh, superstar in the, the 60s and 70s uh, on Maverick and the Rockford Files. And Steve McQueen, the cooler king and the king of cool. Uh, you've probably seen him in the in Bullet, Magnificent Seven, the Towering Inferno. Uh, boy, Steve <laughs> nope. McQueen, nope. he died nope. at age 50. It would be really? it would be amazing to see because he was kind of like I don't even know what you would call him, like a cooler version of Brad Pitt, like Brad Pitt that does his own stunts. Sure, uh, yeah, that seems reasonable. He's just a, a really cool guy who's struck down, arguably in his prime. Mesothelioma uh, took him out. I hear that disease yeah. all the time and stuff, and I just like. It's yeah, a rare form of lung cancer. I wonder mm-hmm. if it actually is, or because because a lot of people say that because uh, he spent so much of his time racing and wearing yeah. asbestos cost uh, asbestos stuff um, that it might have been caused by that. But he also, I think, he was mm-hmm. a pretty prolific smoker, like a lot of those guys were. Yeah. Anyway, Josh H says uh, this is to me the most rewatchable or watchable old slash, uh, which he means pre Godfather movie there is. The commission comes with no dedication. I just know that I have a regular habit of asking Jim and Aaron if they're going to cover this or that show or movie. And for me personally, it feels like maybe this will be less annoying if I put my money where my mouth is every once in a while and commission a podcast. <laughs> it's not annoying. I just I just hate when uh, I disappoint people. Uh, Jim, what yeah. did you think of this movie, The Great Escape, which is about to enjoy its 50th anniversary next year? Uh 1963 mm. feels feels like a different time feels like a significantly different time especially in cinema uh this movie's uh 
good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. my time watching it. Mm-hmm. But e- every other scene, I found myself going, am I watching the Nazis or am I watching like a carnival? Because like, yeah. There, there's a review in the BFI um, from like 2018 where this Simon something guy says like this is the epitome of the war is fun genre, yeah. and it was it was too much fun. It was it was jarring for me. Like just how much of a pushover it made the Nazis seem. Just how like silly everyone in charge seemed, and how much latitude and leeway they were given in an experiment that I'm not sure I fully understand the 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 goals of like mm-hmm. so the goal here is to put I, I understand like okay you have a bunch of people breaking out of prisons around your countries and your occupied territories and you want to minimize the amount of chaos they're causing so you bring them all together in one place all these escape artists, so you can watch them heavily in one fortified location. I get that. Why are you allowing them so much free access to things? <laughs> Why are you not actually instituting like intelligence into your mm-hmm. operations? Because like, there's just so many things that like you should foresee and you don't. And I, I don't know. The the Nazis in this seem like buffoons. Um, but I really like some of the performances. I think Stephen Queen, yes, is very charismatic and fun in this movie. Um, and when he needs to be serious uh, and dire, he is both of those things. Uh, I enjoyed that. I really liked seeing Charles Bronson trying to do some kind of accent because uh, I think of him only as the Death Wish guy and tough, just his toughest of silent guys. killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he comes into a room, you're dead before you look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was very strange seeing this old movie playing this very grim scenario for comedy, essentially. But I had fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. It is fun. And that's the thing. Like, it, it took me a lot in the first early goings of this movie trying to calibrate. It's like, God, these are Nazis, but they're like, like you said, it's a very almost Hogan's hero. And I think the theme song, which, wow, it's iconic. Um, yes. It like, that kind of like. That. Yeah, like like this this feels like um you know, uh a Belushi movie. Like mm-hmm. like Animal House. like like they're they're these are just like a naughty uh, fraternity that's always getting one over on the dean, you know? Totally. Um but it also it, it does turn a bit darker. Uh yeah. you know, like uh the, the one of the guys breaks when they're tunneling, you know, they spin and they're so close to freedom and they're not gonna get it and he just rushes the fence and gets machine gunned. Uh Charles Bronson's uh P, uh, mm-hmm. uh uh claustrophobia kinda comes out of nowhere. Um and it's like, like the they last, have like, those third of this movie is also a very different tone, right? It's a very like I, I didn't I expected them to break out, and then that was the end of the movie. But the Me movie too. kind of like that, like kicks off the last third, which is a lot more action oriented. Mm-hmm. The Nazis are a lot nastier. They just start like, okay, well, if you guys aren't, you know, we're gonna. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but they, yeah. they, the Nazis start being Nazis. The Gestapo gets involved. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of this can be explained by, uh, you know, most. I think this is a pretty tr- a trope that goes across all all countries. But your your air force is never. 
like seen as the most rugged frontline ground pounding branch, you know, like every other branch, like all the branches of the armed forces hate each other, of course, sure. but they all agreed that air force is a bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs> and right. I think you've got like, these are all airmen who are imprisoned by Nazi airmen. And they also, uh, hint that the commandant of this is not necessarily down with the Nazis. Like he's yeah, slow to do. Heil Hitler. And he thinks some of this stuff is barbaric uh he just wants to wait out the war yeah right yeah um and doesn't understand why these guys can't fucking cool it either but even (laughs) even saying that it's kind of unbelievable that they're able to pull like the shit that they pull in this movie is 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 Mm -hmm. crazy it's crazy and i guess it's largely true like the base facts of this movie are true the hollywoodization was putting americans at the forefront uh, this totally. was largely a Canadian, uh, mm-hmm. Australian, UK affair with like one American. I guess there was like a, maybe a dozen Americans that helped Doug the first couple weeks of the tunnel. They got moved to a different camp. There's only one American that's actually the main part of the Great Escape. Uh, but of course, they thought, and I don't, I, 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 you hear this less and less. Thank God. But like, oh, Americans won't give a shit about this amazing World War II escape, for a Nazi jailbreak escape, unless there's a couple of Americans in it, and which I always think right. is so stupid and uh, makes me feel bad for my fellow Americans, if it's even true. I feel bad for uh, the Canadians, because you're right. They were apparently the largest push yeah, of this entire like operation, of and the they force, are not yeah. in this movie. As far as yeah. I can tell, there isn't a single Canadian They They, uh, name, they name check uh, Norwegians and Frenchmen mm-hmm. and Australians. Uh, Australians, a lot of Australians, but like there are, there, yeah. Um, and But but honestly, if, if that's the way it went, like uh, uh, the, the way they built these elaborate tunnel systems, the way they hid everything, uh, the way they scrapped together um, civilian clothes from bits of cloth and scrap and, mm-hmm. and forged the documents. Now, I guess the other thing is that there was a lot of German help. Uh, the, some of the guards mm-hmm. were anti-Nazi sympathizers yeah. and people out uh, that were in the German government, but outside the camp were, it wasn't so much these guys were forging f- uh, freedom papers and documents other than they were just like pre being provided these forms from the outside and smuggled in. So there was a little bit more, you know, hand in glove kind of thing. And I'm I, 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 I man, I want to do more research to figure out, you know, but but honestly, it, who cares? You know, you don't have to, mm-hmm. like, completely, uh, you know, pitch down the middle of the plate to do a good historical uh, biopic or whatever pick picture. And you're, you're right. This is an easy film to watch. It's yeah fairly well paced. It does have that. That soundtrack is a fucking earworm. I've been whistling it to myself a lot today, like when I was cooking myself lunch and just going about, you know, tasking. Uh, the people in it are charismatic as hell. Oh, like, so every like, one of these guys, which is like the why is the war is fun because it just seems like it'd be so cool to hang out in the barracks with these guys digging uh-huh. tunnels, right? And the um, coolest part of this movie to me is all the things you talked about. Just the seeing how you would get something like this done, right? How it would all come together. What yeah. a big group effort it is. Like, you know, digging a tunnel three hundred something feet is no small task. Uh, keeping it reinforced, making sure it doesn't cave in on you. What the, do you do with the dirt? Right? What do you do with the dirt? I mean, it's all these questions of like, how do you get this done logistically are very Uh, cool to me. And seeing all those worked out in real time is neat. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is also just a hugely influential movie. This gets name checked. Yeah. Like this is one of the ones that um, and if ev- everywhere from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade to Better Call Saul. Like mm-hmm. I remember the season four had the them digging the super lab and Jimmy was spending time in the cooler of the cell phone thing and he was bouncing the ball against the wall. Like there are so many visual motifs uh, and so many of the filmmakers that we kind of look up to grew up idolizing the f- people that made this film and yeah. and the, the people are in this film. Like, you know, Great Escape and Magnificent Seven. Those are like the two big action films of the of the time starring all the greatest big swinging dicks, swaggering action men. So mm-hmm. like. This is just like Quentin Tarantino, so much Quentin Tarantino. Uh, there's there's so much visual motifs and riffs on this. So it's like, it, it reminded me of like watching Casablanca for the first time. We're like, oh, this is where a surprising amount of cultural references are coming from. The Great Escape is another one of those where if you've liked the golden age of television or movies in the last 20 years, uh, it's almost a, sh- it, 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 you, you will see so many callbacks and references to the stuff that happens in this movie. Uh, and I think that's always fun to see the little bits of DNA that go on and inspire uh, other things I've liked. So yeah. I liked it, but you're right. It's, this isn't one of those like The Godfather where you're like, holy shit, this is a milestone in cinema. This is a really fun action film with some pretty good for their day stunt work, uh, mm-hmm. especially when you think of Steve McQueen. He was the original Tom Cruise. Like he <laughs> Doing all his own stunts, yeah. He raced motorcycles and cars for fucking fun. And legend has it, like, during the big uh, motorcycle chase that, like, some of the German guys couldn't quite get it done, the off-road. So he's like, fuck it, I'll throw on a Nazi uniform, and I, it's Steve McQueen versus Steve McQueen. Like, Steve Uh, McQueen comes over the hill, cut, he goes on, puts on a Nazi uniform, Steve McQueen's chasing Steve McQueen. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think the only stunt he didn't do in this is the big fence jump that... Which he wanted to. iconic, right, but... They're like, they yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to let you jump barbed wire, like 30 foot of barbed wire, Steve. I don't care how right. cool you are. Um, considered, so, it, yeah. considered one of the best stunts of all time. I think, I think it's cool. Like we've certainly had better stunts done since then, but that, that's, yeah. it's neat for its, for its time. I'm sure it was amazing. Uh, and it's not, there's no cables. There's no CGI. Someone right. just fucking jumped this big elaborate earthworks and lumber and barbed wire fence and could have sliced themselves a million ways. This it's from Sunday. So that is undeniably cool. Um, sure. Do you have anything else non-spoilery to talk about? Uh, Charles Bronson. So I was was Charles Bronson known in the day for being like a big tough guy action hero, or was he? Did he ever have a a run as at like being? I have no a, idea. A leading man kind of actor, right? Or. Or was he always just the action guy? Because I think of him as the action guy. I didn't even know he would be in this movie. And so uh-huh. when I and saw not him, really he's trying an to do an accent. Guy. And no, no, he's like got pathos to deal with and all, all this stuff. Like I, I was, I came away more impressed by Charles Bronson than I expected to be knowing him yeah. from like the Death Wish series. Yeah. And honestly, the acting uh, for this era is pretty, not even, I'd even kind of damning it. Like uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, totally. Um, I think Donald Pleasance in particular is really good. Uh, of course, Steve McQueen is. I mean, all they need him to be is cool and ironic and not give a fuck about Nazis, and he does all that. 
Um, I thought, like, again, I was amazed. Richard Attenborough, Welcome to Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. is the the leader of this outfit. I thought he did. And, man, some of the twists and turns at the end uh, are, yeah. are are real good, too. Um, this has the, maybe one of the worst film critiques I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's a it's an of the era critique. So it was it was made in 1963. But the the critic from Time Magazine said the use of color photography is unnecessary and jarring. <laughs> I but saw little, that too. little else is wrong with this film. Unnecessary and jarring color. Can, can you? I mean, that is a contemporary review, right? Can you yeah. imagine today saying? You know, Lord of the Rings could have been great, but they used color photography, yeah. and I'm thinking yeah. it was just jarring. Like, I guess it's kind of like the way people talk about 3D nowadays. It's a new technology that sure. like kind of shoot, but like, yeah, like the odd is like you know, oh, oh, Philip, the 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 colored photons hitting my retina, or just I don't know what kind of voice that is, but the, the idea that like it, the the color was distracting and garish, um, right? And it isn't. It's great. No. It looks it looks awesome as far as it's I can tell. It's filmed in that that Panavision, so it's like super like the colors really pop and they're very vibrant. The skin tones and the greens look amazing. It is it is like um one of those mid sixty films where like sometimes scenes were shot a little bit out of focus. Uh or okay. the like they were were not exposed entirely and they only had so many so much coverage of it and yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it there's there's a couple things where just it's not as it, that wouldn't happen nowadays. Um, you know, they would see that they fucked it up in the dailies and just just redo it, or they just get immediately feedback on the screen. Um, but overall, I think, especially in the the last third of this movie, where you get out of the the, the world goes from this like claustrophobic prison camp to outside yeah. and like on shot locations of the Alps and. Uh, uh, the the uh, I don't know, I suppose the Mediterranean uh it, it, I, I thought that stuff looks looked really good and and gorgeous in mm-hmm. that like kind of Panavision Technicolor way that it just isn't now and everything now is like so muted green and blue and you know color sure. processed from hell and back this this is just like nice vivid saturated film and it looks great mm-hmm. length of the movie two. 40 what is this it's it's pushing it's it's pushing three hours it's like 245 with credits and and these credits are like 30 seconds long it's not like the 10 minute ilm credits we got nowadays so it's a full it's almost three full hours i don't i don't i wouldn't say what's slow but i also it feels like you could take five or ten minutes of this movie out and not lose much yeah i'm trying to think what five or ten minutes it's got to be in that last that last third of the movie i feel like the beginning because like they established a lot of guys like you're going to be this guy you're going to be this and they all got their individual scenes but they it never paid off i kept on waiting to be like you know which of these guys are going to have some kind of significant breakout moment or what their skills on the inside are going to be put to the test on the outside and none of that really paid off and of course it's based on a true event so there's only i feel like if if why yeah. have this huge cast? Like, there's 30 dudes that you could probably get to know their names, and they had, like, lines and stuff, and I think you could have maybe cut that down and focused on the the the, the handful of the guys who are clearly the focus of the story and not, not lost a lot. Because you're right. I think You can't yeah. jettison that final third. That's vital to the film. Uh, I feel like Donald Pleasant's whole arc could have been gone or minimized. Like, why does he need to lose his sight? It's just... It, it's artificial. It's totally artificial, right? Because this wasn't true of of right. the actual forger. Like he just got mm-hmm. kind of tired of doing this work and 
mm. and gave it up from what I read. But like, yeah, that whole thing with his eyesight going spent a lot of screen time, like trying to get around that and deal with that and figure it out. Like, there's a and whole build the scene relationship where between Coburn and him, so or, uh, so that you know Garner he him, would, yeah. yeah, Garner, not Coburn, Garner, yeah. uh, so that you you know uh, he would stand up for it and it'd be. I mean, it's I guess it's like. Uh, they want an emotional resonance in that last arc. And I felt like you got it just with the inherent scenario. I didn't. Oh, I did too. Uh, like all, all these people, you know, uh, I don't know if we're in spoiler territory well, yet. We're not. But the, yeah. the resolution of this movie is emotional enough without I a blind so. guy, right? Surprisingly like, so, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That, that might have saved you five minutes there. And the stuff uh, I would have kept is like Charles Bronson stuff. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, sure. The, the, claustrophobic tunneler right um yeah right that stuff's uh, interesting but the blind guy eh. let's uh do uh let, let's get into the spoiler section if you haven't seen this movie and I, ma- I imagine a lot of people haven't uh this is set in world war ii uh this is in a place where they're holding the officers that are prisoners of war and uh they these are all people who have had multiple escape attempts and they're tying up a bunch of nazi resources trying to capture and recapture these people uh, and they are the Nazis have a new thing where they're going to build this max security uh, POW camp in the middle of nowhere, and they're going to put all their problem prisoners there, which just puts a whole bunch of professional breakout artists in one spot, <laughs> and they have an audacious plan that on one single night they're going to break 250 people out of the German confinement with the express purpose of going wild across the German countryside and causing all kinds of uh, havoc because the you know it's the, 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 their their idea of like assisting the war effort is get back to their countries to fight again if they can but if not tie up so much Nazi resources that it pulls from the front line and, and aids the victory that way mm-hmm. um, and the Germans are going to try to stop them uh, half heartedly sometimes uh, yeah. and that's the movie that's the movie uh, watching these men come up with. Uh, it's, it's got like a lot of like uh, Apollo 13 energy that like these are guys with very limited means coming up with ingenious solutions of, uh, of, of, of digging these tunnels, reinforcing these tunnels, disposing of the dirt, uh, keeping watches, keeping distractions, scrounging things, uh, blackmailing people. And everyone's got their own little, it's like a very Ocean's Eleven too, because everyone's got their own little specialty that they do. And you get to know that specialty and see how it plays out. Uh, and yeah, it's, 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 this is one of the, the great films. One of the, uh, the, the films that people still talk about. It's very influential. You should probably watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, one of my favorite parts of this movie, the, the favorite, uh, concepts that I come away from this movie with is the idea that like escaping is kind of the easy part. Um, escaping the camp is the easy part, right? Like you can dig a tunnel, you can do this, this stuff and yeah, it's hard, but information retrieval is so important. Uh, knowing what you're going to be facing on the outside, having the correct documents, knowing what the correct documents are in the first place, which is tough enough uh, when you're limited in your access to information, uh, having the right clothes, having the language to speak convincingly as not an American, right? Like w- there probably wouldn't be any Americans in France or Germany who weren't uh, captured at that point. So yeah, it's. I felt like the stuff around the escape was very cool, but then like the the idea that once we get out, we're gonna need to pass as civilians of either France or Germany or something, 
some occupied territory long enough to get out of the country was super And then not in a free society, in a society where scary dudes can come up and say, the papers, please, and right. the jig is up, you know? Yeah, and every train is checked, and every, there are roadblocks along every major passage. Like, yeah, yeah, super interesting to me. Uh, and the yeah. Steve, how Steve McQueen factors into that I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, I thought there's some interesting things. It's like because I kept on the, the central thing here about the Nazis being too nice. I was trying to do because, like I said, there's there's there's, yeah. there's the Air Force math, math. Okay, so this is probably going to be not as serious as confinement as you would if you were a Marine or an Army. It's officers, which historically have always been treated, you know, uh, better than the, in the enlisted man. You know, uh, they they're offered better accommodations and 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 more creature comforts and things like that. The fact that, like, the Nazis did treat, like, the Western allies completely different than these. Like, the the Russians, the Slavic people were subhuman garbage to the Nazis, and they did not see any need to to, to, to comport the, the rules of war where, like, the more Anglo uh, peoples they recognize as like them, as the superior race. So they... So, like, I think if I put all those multipliers, you can come up with something approaching... But, like, it's still very hard to believe that these guys were such Colonel Clink about everything. I mean, down yeah. to the kind of ridiculous German-American accents. And the, right. the uniforms are also, like, because, like, I've never seen what a Nazi Air Force uniform looks like. I, you don't often see that. So it's, like, this weird kind of off-green colored. It's not as menacing as a slate gray with the SS shit on their t- – like, mm-hmm. I know there's these kinder, gentler Nazis. It took me a long time to calibrate on that. <laughs> I, I, I think you can do it, but, and that, that makes it all the more, um, I guess effective at the end where the Nazis just start like doing what you expect. Like, you know, like sure, why the sure. fuck they, like you, you've broken out of jail, uh, prison, like war prisoner jail three times. You're done. Like right, 12 times in some of these guys cases, 17 tunnels they've dug. It's yeah. It's wild to me why these people wouldn't be shot, but I, it, so yeah. um, my expectations were a little tempered, and I guess uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to go along with this movie uh, about as far as it wants to go. I've seen movies like Hearts War, which is a 2000s uh, Colin Farrell, Bruce Willis movie where there's uh, a couple of POWs. One is a lawyer, and he's allowed somehow to defend a, a black person who's being put on trial for murder inside this POW camp and the Nazis are just kind of letting this all happen. And, and, and there are some, you know, amongst the Nazi ranks, there were definitely sympathizers. And then there were people who were against the war and against, sure. uh, you know, you know, morally against, uh, what was happening and yet still participating in it. Right. Um, and, and so I'm willing to give it a little bit of leeway, but the, the combination of like the whole tone of this movie up front is very strange to me. It's not just that like, okay, the Nazis aren't putting super strict draconian rules on these POWs and just like making sure that nobody can escape. But the soundtrack is like, it's this patriotic, almost like carnival type Uh atmosphere. Like I said earlier, where I, I feel like, the Nazis are the underdogs in what is in this matchup. Like, like somehow the POWs have the upper hand uh, based on the tone of this movie. There are within the first five minutes of this film and the first five minutes of these people being unloaded into this POW camp, there are like six escape attempts 
People try and go out in tree trucks. People try and like stand in line with the Russian soldiers who are being marched out of the camp. Like, right? It's it's too Lapstick. much fun. It's yes, it's yes. It's too silly at the beginning. In like, my oh, opinion. here comes Colonel Clink. He's going to pitchfork him, and right as he gets, the guy's like, ah, oh, okay, you got me, right? You and then got Charles me, Bronson Nazi. whistles, and six other guys stand up yes, out of the truck, pop out of the like, Christmas tree truck. Yeah, uh, it, it's too much fun. It's too silly. It it sets a tone for like Nazis just being complete buffoons this entire time. Right. I would have liked a little more danger in my POW escape movie. Yeah. And like I said, they get there, but like the the danger is so backloaded in this movie. Totally. Because uh, like when you know, like there's no real reprisals when they 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 get they get busted in the midpoint of the movie with uh-huh. a tunnel that's almost complete. And the the Nazis find them like, oh, now everything's going to get so much harder because they're going to know these guys are trying to tunnel out and they've got all this stuff and they're going to know what to look for. And they're going to like, oh, you know, like how much where are they getting all this? Because there's a I kept on thinking like, OK, if you saw the wood, the scale, the scale of this, then like, well, where are they getting the wood? Yeah. You know, like toss these cords, but like nothing ever came of it. Like there was no increase. It's not like in Splinter Cell when you. Uh, a guard gets found murdered. Like everybody's on high alert and they're putting on bulletproof vests and right. Kevlar helmets. Like the Nazis are just like, I guy tried to pull one over. All right. There's no, no one got like the worst thing that happens is you get put in the cooler, which is dude. There were less consequences for the escape attempts from this POW camp. than there were for me sneaking out at night in my parents' house. Like I get <laughs> fucking grounded for a week. These people just sure go, yeah. go back to what you were doing, you know, like yeah. go play your video games or something, kid. Yeah, like, I, and I felt like they yeah, I can't an, get busted harder than the Nazis by my parents. Like, yeah, yeah, and I, I felt like that's the other thing is that that there the the movie was weird in that uh, there weren't any payoffs, there weren't any uh, increasing stakes, and I think the movie would have benefited from the tension. Like, if you lost the whole tunnel yeah. and now things going to be harder, you've got to like, you can't just like, well, ah, fucking Tom shut down. Let's get Harry spun back up. We were happy. And like the idea of like, why were they building three tunnels at the same time anyway? That seems just like such a mat. Well, but <laughs> backup tunnels. Yeah. I, I felt like there's a couple of things there that I didn't, um, it didn't quite connect with me. Um, I mean, hey, it's also because hey, th- that's real, right? Like they did actually dig three tunnels. It was. I know, I know. And that's like so, so like these these Luftwaffe uh, uh, Nazis must have just been yeah sleep at the switch. And there's other things that and, like and if they uh, had if they had executed like a couple of people for these escape attempts. That's what I'm saying. The only real tension came from whether or not these people could handle the pressure of hiding this operation, right? Like there's right. one guy. Who can't? He's been in the POW camp too long. He eventually throws himself onto the fence and gets shot right. because he just can't take it. He's cracking. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the only tension I felt. Like, will these people be able to burden the mental, the psychic uh, burden of this? It, I wish that there were actual stakes. The, the Like, hey, if you get caught doing this, they're going to take you out to the front yard and shoot you as an example. Yeah. And they never did that. Never in this movie until the very end. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would have helped that there was some stakes where it's like, you know, uh, you know, some maybe some of the lovable guys get shot in the first go round. Now there's like yes. actual stakes. Like we can't keep fucking up because it's going to, you know, and and also have the commander like uh, trying to hold his men together. You know, like you said, like uh, the psych- this this psychological pressure cooker. Like people are starting to crack. Uh, it would be. I also like. I, I felt like maybe the Nazis could have done something like uh, put in some spies. 
I, you know, when Donald Pleasant shows up and he's late for his first meeting, I'm like, that guy's a spy. I thought so too. And I'm <laughs> and like, how? It's, not. it's totally. Yeah, not. like, what? The, how hard is it to find that? Like, like you see this all the time, like in Glorious Bastards and all. Like, how hard is it to find an English-speaking German that can go in there and like maybe a group of them, like five or six? It's like, oh, we caught this. Uh, this is a, a bomber group that landed in blah 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 and. And uh, we got him, and now you and and you know it's like they because because a lot of these guys had heard of each other, but like mm-hmm. I think you could have done something to where there's a little bit of uh, a paranoia about who you like you know who you can trust, and but again I guess that the yeah, historical it's... details are what they are, but it's like well I I mean they make the this is like a lot of the problem I have with the Nazis looking like buffoons in this movie is oh, they yeah. don't they don't take any intelligence, and I'm talking about like information gathering type intelligence right from Mm -hmm. they don't take any of that into account here like when steve mcqueen comes back into camp after having escaped and surveying the countryside and getting train schedules and getting Mm -hmm. like all the information they're going to need to survive on the outside once they get out of the camp they don't think maybe we should keep this guy who's just been out in our countryside separate from the right. others. Maybe we should send him off. Maybe we should do like they did in real life and take these Americans and ship Move them off to, to a, a different, different camp, camp right. which would yeah. totally nullify any information he gathered. So like Right. Or like even like if they, they just make them every, very stupid. If if if, if they did, if they did simple things like I don't know every month made people move quarters and uh-huh. took a roll call at bedtime, I think right. most of this shit. And or or like there's a one time where like they caught Charles Bronson in the tunnel and just in time they put everything back and charles bronson's like taking a shower and they're like you're not supposed to be in this building what are you doing here he's like oh, i got hot i'm taking a shower and the other guy's like who what are you doing he's like oh, i'm alive and the nazis not only do they not do any punishment they don't throw mm-hmm. these people in the cooler but they're just like all right carry on don't even uh, make them leave yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny and like you said the, the Nazis. i cannot not a lot of the nazis are buffoons but one of them in particular uh, this guard that uh, James Garner starts working. Uh, he, oh, like, yeah. First of all, this guy looks like Bob Newhart, like late 80s Bob <laughs> Newhart. And uh-huh. he starts talking about, like, because James Garner is plausibly in his late 20s. He's a young man. This guy's old. Kind of. Maybe maybe it was a harder time and you just look older. They, 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 they he's 33 in this movie, but also. He? But he, but in, yeah, I mean, real life. Uh, Steve McQueen was like 32, 33 when he filmed this. Gotcha. Um, he must have been. And they're but, yeah, he looks way officers, older. So, um, but, and but, they say like, at one point that he's like just out of college or something, right? Like right. they pulled him out of college to come to this war. Right. So. Well, this is like Jimmy Stewart in uh, the rear <laughs> the, the rear window, right? Where he's uh-huh. just out of college, war report, and he's like 73. But 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 this, yeah. this Nazi's like in his 50s. And he's talking, and they're like, oh, I used to be into Boy Scouts until I shunted into Hitler youth. Like, bitch. Unless, unless, <laughs> unless there was another Hitler that was in World War, yeah, you know, World that got, got started. Yeah, like, there's no, no fucking chance are you, like, in your mid-20s. And he's such an idiot. Like, for example, I thought... I thought that, that that Garner scene was really ridiculous because he's pushing this guy way too hard and really laying his stuff on him and then just trying to nakedly oh, yeah. buy him off. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. And then the guy's like, I'm going to have to report this. Oh, no. Well, it turns out he used that whole opportunity to just boost this this papers that need to forge. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's actually pretty smart. Mm-hmm. But then the guy comes back and he can't find it. And there's this nakedly transparent effort to 
not only ingratiate himself to this guy, but like make this guy do not just a little favor. Like, hey, you know, like they don't even bother to dress it up like in the Shawshank Redemption. It was like, you know, I I just really like rocks and I just need a little rock tool. It's just something it can't be used as well. He's like, I need a fucking camera. It's got to be high resolution. Has to have this stuff. It's got and like the Nazis, yeah. like, well, I, I don't. There's a lot, some things like that where it's just laughable. The, mm-hmm. the 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 entire situation. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, starting the movie with that tone was a little silly, but I settled <laughs> into it for sure. When Pleasance, uh, the other fu- funny line is when Pleasance was like, uh, you know, having people ooh and all over his forgeries. They're like, which one is the forgery? And you know, Richard Attenborough is like, oh, it's this one. They're both forgeries. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? What, what? What? How's that prove anything? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's like spot the forgery from the real one. They're both forgeries. Well, what the shit? Mm-hmm. You know, God. Uh, but that was that was funny. Um, is this a Christmas film? It, uh, why would it be a Christmas film? There was a there was a part where they're all practicing Christmas carols for oh, some right. reason. I think that's the cover to, the to noise. Hide. Yeah. Uh, but they were just like, and I'm like, there's a lot of it, and then just completely goes away. I thought they were mm-hmm. going to build up to some kind of Christmas scene. They do build up to the nice Fourth of July scene. I did like that. Uh, uh-huh. Was that Coburn or, or uh, Garner's Stunk, Skunk Works Vodka Moonshine Project? Uh, I think it was Garner. I I can't remember. That's an- <laughs> that's another thing where like you're in the middle of the Nazi camp. And you go pitch like you know you 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 raise up the stars and bars old glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, no, it's stars and stripes. Stars and bars of Confederate. You don't want to raise that up. No. Uh, you raise up uh, the old, old glory, and you 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 make like that uh, famous picture of the the wounded drummer and the fifer, and and you're parading this illegal contraband moonshine, and you're leading a parade through the camp. Uh huh. And all the Nazis are just look like they're in their towers, and they're like, well, I, I guess this is something that they can do on their patriotic holiday. Yeah. There there don't seem to be any restrictions in the camp as to what they can do. You can take the materials and do absolutely anything you want with them. We're going to give you pickaxes. We're going to give you all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, It it, it almost makes me wonder like why some of them were so keen to break out, (laughs) you know, like maybe, maybe take a head Nazi's advice here and just sit out the war with him. I think the only reason they, they genuinely did want to like, contribute materially to the war so it's either yeah. distracting them or getting back and fighting another day or understand uh, whatever sure. but the the brit the brits uh richard attenborough's <laughs> reaction to moonshine stuff is shattering uh i thought it's pretty funny that's maybe we can talk a little bit about the the cast because yeah richard attenborough when i saw his name in the credits i was like well i recognize him 30 years before jurassic park mm-hmm. and he comes in later in the movie and I kept right. looking for him and I'm like, okay, is this a uh, Irish guy? The, I, I couldn't think of, I can't think of his name. Uh, the one who climbs, tries to climb the fence cause he cracks and gets Ives, shot. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is, Oh yeah. Is Ives Richard Attenborough? Maybe. Cause he's got like, Ives... this, this Scottish bro or whatever that maybe Richard Attenborough is putting and on. And he's a smaller I'm, guy. Kind of like smaller you know, guy. Yep. Uh, I did not no. see being the big cheese. Right. Uh, it's it's shot like I said until I got to the end of the movie where they're doing the thing where they're showing the guy's picture and their name. I'm like, oh my god, that was Richard Attenborough. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it took me a while to realize. Um, and apparently this was Richard Attenborough's like big breakout in America. Well, actually, a lot of these people. I, I think mm. Coburn as well. He's Is he Australian, actually? I don't think so. No, he's, he's American, no? surely. James Coburn. Okay. I don't know. Uh, but definitely Richard Attenborough, this was his big... Because he wasn't even Hollywood. doing, he was born, uh, Yed Sky was born in Nebraska. Uh, he wasn't even really doing an Australian accent much, was he? I feel like the one scene where I noticed it, he was definitely doing it, is mm. the scene where he tells some guy he's Australian. <laughs> so they were like, look, Coburn, you got it. This one scene, please, just yeah. try it. Uh, do you think, oh, go ahead, I don't want to interrupt you. I was going to keep on with the casting stuff. Too. Yeah, wanna... keep talking about cast then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the other thing that I want to talk about with cast is Steve McQueen, because I don't think I've ever seen a Steve McQueen movie. Uh, actually, that's not true. I've seen the original Blob, but I had no oh. idea who he was when I was The only one I've seen is Magnificent Seven, and he's pretty great in that, too. That's a great movie. Nice. But, but, yeah, I've got a huge Steve McQueen-shaped hole in my movie-watching mm-hmm. history. Because, like, you know, you hear, like, Bullet, like, greatest car chase of all time. Right. Uh, uh, shit, what's the other um, stuff that he's been in? Towering I, Inferno. Towering Inferno uh, is another one. I think there's one another one that's called, like, the, the Escape or something like that. He's in, like, all these, like, 60s and 70s action films. Mm-hmm. Gets cut down in his prime, but yeah, I I would like to see more of him because he does have something. There's something authentically cool oh, yeah. about this guy because he kind of is what like you know he he is the guy that he kind kind of portrays in the films. He's this cool guy who races motorcycles and races cars and mm-hmm. uh, smokes seven packs a day, and he's just really fucking cool. That's his whole deal. Maybe that's why he looks at least thirty five. Or 40 in this movie when he's supposed to be a college student. Uh, but did you know that he was born in Beach Grove, Indiana? I did not know he was born. I knew he was native. Like they, they, uh, His birthplace is always listed as like Indianapolis, but I didn't know Beach Grove in particular. That's, I mean, it's like 20 minutes south of Indy. I, like I've another, been to Beach Grove many times. <laughs> it's there's wild. not that many people come from Indiana. Like uh, Dean yeah. Norris, another notable oh, right. uh, bald move name. But there's not a lot of people hailing from Indiana. Steve mm-hmm. fucking McQueen, man. Not bad. Wild. Did you... Do you think that... I guess this, it must have because it actually did. But like, I, I was thinking about... Do, do you think the dirt thing would have actually worked? Because I feel like as many tunnels as they were digging that, like, even if they're pant-legging all this dirt, like, mm-hmm. there's like, oh, we can't put it under because the Nazis are measuring the distance between the, the floor joists and, and the ground. Like, wouldn't they notice that the, the level of the yard is just raising a couple right. inches over the course of the next six months? There's yeah. so much dirt that they got to get rid of. They, they they describe it as 50 tons, and that might be an exaggeration, but mm-hmm. they're digging three separate tunnels, hundreds of feet long. They're very small the, tunnels, like tunnels you have to like small. slither on your belly to get through. So there weren't like full man-sized tunnels, but still, yeah, I loved the the tunnel sets. You're right; it, it would be a a noticeable amount of dirt coming out of there, more Seems than like. you could fit into even James Coburn's pant leg. Uh, yeah, <laughs> skinny man, tall, skinny tall man. Uh, yeah, I love the sets uh, for the tunnels. Th- those are some very cool sets, and I don't know if. They must have shot this as like, you know, these are on a soundstage or whatever, and they've just got 
this cutout, this um, sort yeah, of yeah, like almost like an ant farm style. Like it's yeah. like you know, you, the, the camera can pan through them and across them and down. Yeah, and, and they've got this really cool system where they have carts on ropes and these little mine mine cart tracks, essentially made out of wood. And I, I don't know where they got all the wheels and stuff. I wasn't questioning it too much, but mm-hmm. it was. It was super cool, and it let them travel down these tunnels really fast, and I I just loved it. And it's like it's, it answers so many questions, like okay, you're gonna have all this fancy civilian clothes, but you're gonna you're gonna you know crawl through 300 feet of muddy. Well, you don't. You just sit on that cart, and you're just pulled through, and you yeah. pop up out of this hole fresh as a daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, this, yeah, that's some of the coolest stuff. This um, thing with uh, Charles Bronson, I felt like they didn't do that very well. And of course, you know, this is made in the sixties. I don't know shit about psychology, but this guy's, <laughs> uh, you know, tunnel trauma. Like he did dug 19 and he explains it like, well, it's, it's fine. But like when all the guys are in there with me, but like, I felt like yeah. wasn't he supposed to be like the third or fourth guy out. And, and he fucking freaks out and runs backward. Like, I, I felt like, yeah, it, 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 it felt like it was a con- there was almost a convenient attack of anxiety. It didn't work like how I think a claustrophobic person, but shit, maybe I I, I don't know. I, I and it's like interesting seeing Charles Bronson like emoting all these things and like mm-hmm. uh, you know having this like compulsion, um, but it didn't feel very authentic to me. I feel you. They could have arranged the scenario a little bit better, but I thought like the actual performance of it and the the idea of it was very interesting like the guy yeah. who digs tunnels and can fucking make himself do it like right just grin grit and bear it and then because you have to right because you have to what other choice do you have and all these people counting on you too but then like when there are a bunch of people in there trying to go through i could see it i could see it i felt but, like yeah, i felt like first. they should have that he should have been keeping it together and then he's halfway through the tunnel and then the air raid happens and the lights cut and that and the ground starts shaking so so yeah. that made sense but like i felt like they shot there because he fucking had a complete freak out that, that lasted several minutes before that yeah and like i i don't know like because i've been so much more tense if this guy's just sweating and waiting for his and his buddies trying to hold him together and you're like, come on, we're halfway through. And then the lights go out and the ground starts shaking. And he starts. It would have been a lot better. And they they eventually got there anyway. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's another one where I feel like they could have tightened it up and and made it a little bit better. But I don't know. Maybe they're really trying to follow closely the book, um, not the oh, extent of the people involved, but like the actual things right. that happen. Could be. What did you think of the use of the word goons for Germans? Was this like a made-up slur because they didn't want to say Jerry or Kraut or something because, you know, know, like in the 60s, we're all now allies with the West Germans against the Soviets, and we're trying to kind of like make people forget about the Great War, and <laughs> they're inventing, like, I don't know if there's some kind of German sensitivity that you can't just call them Krauts or Jerry's or whatnot, because uh, I've never heard, until I watched this movie, I've never heard of Germans called goons. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. Uh, there, there was another part that I feel like they could have jettisoned from this movie and it's just a quick scene so it wouldn't have cut much out but there's the the James Coburn guy has apparently they, they refer to it as a steamer trunk it's not quite that big right but it's a big ass suitcase it's a big like, ass suitcase and they refer to it going into the, the big escape where they're all 250 people going to fly through this tunnel and get out 
and they comment on it so conspicuously that I'm like, okay, surely this is going to get stuck in the tunnel yes. sideways or, or something. Pay off it's going to any... cause a big blockage. and Right, or pay off in any way during this he, movie. It's also, he, he hooks it up to his bike, this enormous thing on the back of his bike, you know. Uh-huh. And he's carrying it with him the whole time, and it literally doesn't come into play the entire rest of the movie. There, there's yeah. not even a mention of what this big ass suitcase that he carries. It's just like a joke, I guess. Yeah, but it's not very funny until it, unless it pays off. Oh. And it doesn't even pay off as a joke, really. Yeah, it's just a setup and no punchline. But maybe that stuff because, like, I always wonder, like, what are people going to make of Pulp Fiction in forty years? Like, this glowing suitcase is such a goofy fucking idea. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, like, the idea of a MacGuffin. Like, will we be, like, so far sophisticated in cinema that the idea of a MacGuffin is seen as, like, ch- kid stuff? Like, you, you can't have people chasing Probably. after something for no fucking reason. This is glowing-ass suit. What the? So maybe that was, like, something that was just, like, a part of and, – and it it was kind of – I I don't know. Because I was with the same thing. I was like, well, how is this going to pay off? It's got to pay off. It's got some kind of super right. weapon or some kind of Nazi plans that he's mugged <laughs> out. Or I don't, I don't know. I, I fucking I, – I really don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I did like – and this is where, like, I think this is, like, this is essentially an inglorious bastards moment where the, the Gestapo – catch him with like you know they got all their papers they're speaking fluent french and as they're boarding the bus they're like he the, the nazi says good luck and the mm. guy reflexively says thanks and, and they set then, this like, up earlier yeah it was such a good that was such a goddamn good scene uh and because i and apparently that's those things, real yeah it, it i i guess it was the guy the mr x is the one that made the mistake not as lieutenant yeah in real life so the dot the the attenborough character yeah, but that was in. that was great. Uh, the coffee, the spilled coffee, um, uh, blowing up Tunnel Tom was very very cool too. Yeah, reminded me of the uh, Goonies, of the Fratellis discovering the you know fireplace, the tunnel. Uh huh. As I said, this like yep, I, I think good. there's like nod, there's nods in this movie all over the place in in fiction. Um, I I really like to you know talk about some of the stuff after they get out actually let, let me ask you this which do you think is the best tunnel because i really really like the one that's in the shower drain i think that is so freaking clever in a place you would never look right yeah and it's, it's like fully functional exactly that's the thing that's so cool about it is they they smooth it over with some kind of i don't know concrete paste or something yeah, so or that it will still drain the right way and they throw a bucket of water down there so it's and then you turn on the shower and it's just like who would ever think there's a tunnel down there right and it's kind of the opposite of the one that they actually do discover under the, the sea. Cause, right? I, I got to say, the way they were able to take that stove, like uh-huh. they had those slots, just move it like within three seconds, it goes from like a functional stove, and they got it, and they they redirect the smoke, and the, like I thought that was that was pretty cool too. But yeah, it's hard to beat. And you never, you had yeah, Tom, Dick, and Harry, but we only really saw Tom and Harry. I don't know what yeah. Dick's doing over there. Sticking around. I guess those were those were realistic about how the tunnels, and I guess that's the thing is that Harry was, or it was a dick. It's a dick tunnel. Uh, it was just kind of like off on a. It, it wasn't nearly as well hidden, or it's just kind of like in a dark corner of uh, a hallway uh-huh. or something. So it's like it doesn't have like a cool, movable you know, uh, furnace or giant drain complex that you could hide it in. Almost feels like a sacrificial tunnel, right? Like we'll dig this one to make Nazis think that we were digging right. this tunnel and only this tunnel, and they caught us. But right, yeah. Uh, once they get out, uh, there's a lot to talk about. 
because the movie ch- kind of changes gears from like here's how you would do this escape attempt to can they get out of the country right there's a lot of tension um over will they get caught the roadblocks that are in place the the obstacles in their way and just you know being in in a largely german occupied region of the world is going to be uh very difficult to get out of it's going to take a lot of time and there are going to be a lot of close calls along the way i love the james coburn one where he's like at a cafe or whatever and he uh, there are a few nazi officers sitting there and he's like eating a meal reading the newspaper or whatever trying to blend in as best he can yeah and then the French resistance rolls up and murders these Nazis at this table. But before that happens, the guys at the counter, like say, Hey, you got a phone call. They fake a phone call for this guy. So he won't be killed. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a really nice touch. Cause it shows like they're not indiscriminately killing people. Right. This right. resistance doesn't want people to get killed. That's they a just great want way to out get of this people to turn against hell. the resistance. If they just start killing like, you know, just willy nilly. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, one of the only ones that made it out alive. Right. And then you talked him? about the Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Wait, it was who? It was him and Danny, the 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 claustrophobic tunneler and his buddy. Those are the three guys that they showed on camera making it to safety. Right. They, they, get to, they were able to get on Swedish the, the Swedish steamship. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I assume like, they were at a German port, right? Just because they didn't get all the way to Sweden. And why no. would they get on a boat if they had? Yeah, they must have been in a German port or a French. That's what port I was thinking. Is I thought it was like maybe on the Mediterranean or like uh, okay. yeah, I'm not sure. But he like fucking and that, and he and he uh, there's planes, trains, and automobiles literally. And the guy <laughs> in the ten speed, one of the ones that made it, one of the ones uh-huh. that made it home uh, with the help of the French resistance. Uh, but you talked about the Richard Attenborough scene where they fuck up and they speak American English, uh, mm-hmm. I guess. They're American, right? Not uh-huh. not no, partly, no, they're, but, they're, but his they're, they're buddy English. They're, his buddy's English uh, too. Oh, I I didn't know. I thought they were both English, but maybe his buddy is American. I didn't catch that. Maybe I'm not sure. Um. Anyway, yeah, the, you talked about that, but then there's this scene where also uh, Steve McQueen is riding his motorcycle toward mm-hmm. the Swiss border, and he gets pretty close, but then he encounters a a pocket of of nazis and he can't really ride away and they call him over right and this is maybe the most fucking american thing i've ever seen happen in a movie Uh is he rides his motorcycle up to a nazi the nazi asks him a question in german and because americans are like language phobic here we don't want to speak any language other than american english (laughs) and and if you put an extra u into a word we'll tell you to go Uh fuck yourself yeah, <laughs> he kicks the Nazi and just tries to ride through one of the roadblocks. Like he doesn't even try. And, and I loved all the Richard Attenborough stuff, where he's like speaking French and German fluently. Oh, yeah. He's learned yeah, yeah, yeah. all this stuff he needs to know to get out of the country. Steve McQueen's just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna ride a motorcycle through these idiots." Right. And and of course he gets caught. You know, it's like he almost he wasn't made prepared it, to I, escape. I think if he made it all past one more level of barbed wire, he's in Switzerland. Now, yeah. the thing about Switzerland is, like, uh, so they were neut- neutral. Um, mm-hmm. If you got picked up as a combatant in Switzerland, they would imprison you for the duration of the war. Like, you couldn't, they wouldn't, like, turn you oh, back over shit. to the Allies or the Germans. So you're there. But, like, I guess it was a, you're pretty, that was a compromise. Nicely. That was a compromise. Because if they let yeah. you go back, then, you know, they, they tried very hard to, to, to keep their country <laughs> sure. out of that for good or ill. Um, 
But yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of fun in the early goings of that escape, right? Like seeing everybody on the outside trying to make their way, planes, trains, and automobiles style, land, right. sea, and air style um, right. out of there. And then it does change, right? As soon as the first people start getting caught, it's like, okay, well, they're caught now, but some of them they're just taking back to the camp again. Uh-huh. They show up there. But then there's like a larger group that they just take out to a field and machine gun to death. Did you think that they knew that? Because like uh, Richard Attenborough was talking about Bartlett, was talking in that scene before about how he had a bad feeling about it. Something about it, something that was giving him the creeps about how they were transporting them or the circumstances. But then when they were getting out, like, you know, they're stretching their legs. He's like, you know, I got a good feeling about it. And then they sw- they pan to the Nazi with the, uh, auto, you know, setting up the, the fucking automatic weapon on a tripod. And like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, it's not going to happen for you. No, I mean, at that point, I was with him. I was like, well, well, I was I was kind of like, OK, yeah, I think there is something weird about this. But also, I haven't seen a single person punished for any type of a, a escape attempt at all. Why are you so nervous about this? They're just going to take you back to the camp and you can do it again. I feel like that Air Force but commandant was changes. not Nazi enough for the Nazis because, you know, right. he was being too generous and too kind. And you get the feeling that, uh, you know, this uh, this this war camp is no longer Stalag 17 or whatever the hell it was. It's no longer going to be quite the happy-go-lucky place it was. But I don't know because, like, at the end of the movie, they take Steve McQueen to the cooler. He starts bouncing right. his ball. They start doing the... And it's like back to good times, you know, there wasn't any, that's the thing is like, as far as I can tell, nothing really came of this, you know, the 50 massacre, like that was like a huge war crime that was like, yeah, shocking and it had people indignant in the day. And, uh, you know, like this kind of kept their memory alive right as people were forgetting and now they're kind of immortalized, but like other, it, you know, this doesn't have a huge impact on world war two. Right. It's a very small side story. And I kept on thinking it would. Like, there would be something at the end right. where somebody would get and there would be a, a text crawl or he – but no, it's it's just a, kind of a, a testament to the human spirit. But the movie acts like there was a huge impact, right? Like, when, when they come back, when Steve McQueen is taken back and he, like, yeah. asks, okay, what happened to the other people? And they're like, 50 of them didn't make it. They were murdered by the Nazis. Right. Uh, you know, they were shot. How many wounded? zero uh <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know right it, it, but they say of bartlett who's richard attenborough's character all he wanted to do was was sow chaos across the nazi mm-hmm. countryside and redirect the resources mess up the works is what yeah. they call it he didn't do shit he didn't do shit yeah. uh, like he ran into two nazis who ended up catching him in like a minute right this like, there was no havoc wreaked Steve on the McQueen. Nazi operation. Steve McQueen took like a whole fucking brigade of Nazi troops and had them running pell mell. But so, so like, that's so I, I kept expecting is like because this happened, you know, the the troops were able right. to land in Normandy because there was a whole brigade of Nazis <laughs> right. running around chasing yeah. people and and in, in the back hills of France and Poland. But and, none of that, yeah, came into effect. And, and no. but they act like it did, right? And that that was the most. That was the weirdest thing about this ending is like, yeah, this was a neat operation and I'm glad some yeah. of them escaped and it sucks that a bunch got killed, but they didn't distract the Nazis for shit as far as I can tell. And I think that's you're seeing the weakness of, like you said, the critique of the war is fun, you know, that like 
yeah, yeah, this is kind of like a, a bag of popcorn movie. And maybe if it was made nowadays, it would have a little bit of kind of like the point of like, well, maybe this was doomed, but they at least tried something. They didn't just accept their fate. They didn't passively. They were trying to fight right. against this enemy as as much as they could. But there wasn't even that. They didn't feel like there's any disdain between the Nazis and the the. It's like well, we're we're very professional and we're doing what you know. Well, you want to keep us here, and we are duty bound to escape. And uh, good show, good show all around. Uh, nowadays, you couldn't get away with that. You couldn't get away with uh, no. You know, making the Nazis, I guess, this quote unquote good of guys. Right, and why would you? I, I feel like. I don't know. The guy who's running the camp is taken out of the camp at the end, right? And I don't right. know what happens to him. He might be shot himself. Um, right. But he's definitely reassigned, and they bring in the heavy hitter, right? The guy who's probably going to crack down. But then, yeah. but then Steve McQueen just goes into the cooler, bouncing his ball again, and I'm, right. I'm not scared of that because there's that's never been a serious threat. Yeah. Yeah, it's I kind of want a, you in a, a hot movie box after and... that to like now, like right. what I thought was going to happen once Ives died and they found the the Tom Tunnel. It's like, oh, now everything's right. going to be. It was fun up till now, but now everything's fraught with danger. And we still got to get it done. Mm-hmm. But no, he's still bouncing his ball. And but I mean, I, that's the thing. I guess uh, it, it 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 makes the Americans heroic because they're just indefatigable, uh, indefatigable, in their indefatigable, uh, irrepressible. Uh, they can't they can't be kept down. Like yeah. no Nazi goonery, uh, no matter how yeah, is, is no matter how close you got to tasting your freedom, no matter how much ripped up you got from the barbed wire, you're still going to go bounce your ball and try to dream of how you're going to get out of this this time. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, you want to keep your spirit alive, uh, whether yeah. you're imprisoned by Nazis or whether you're beaten down by your job every day, or you know, a million different things that bring people down. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I enjoyed my time watching this movie, certainly. And it didn't feel like it was a three hour movie. It felt it did like it was it moved pretty well. Um it's just yeah, some of some of these the some of the tone of this movie I think could have been better. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It's it's one of the things where this is a this is a fun there's not a lot of fun old movies. Like the comedy, sure, you can get like some like a hot, it's still a fucking hoot. Seven Year Itch, a lot of fun to watch. But like serious movies that are like super watchable, especially these these kind of long sprawling epic movies, uh, kind of few and far between. Again, mm-hmm. I really like watching old films because they're interesting and like looking at them for like DNA and you know uh, why people were regarded as this way or that way or like different directors over time. Um, but but you're right, this movie feels. Like in a, a modern kind of popcorn, you know, in, in, in its use of yeah. sense of humor and the way it depicts its villains, uh, it's it's really easy to watch. It's not going to stress you out. It's not that nothing happens bad, but like mm-hmm. even the movie itself, after like they has like kind of a gut punch of an ending, it's right back to Steve McQueen bouncing his ball and whistling. <laughs> so yeah. the movie itself doesn't doesn't feel the the heaviness that it kind of plays with at the end. Well, that is it for our discussion of here, the uh, the Great Escape. We're going to escape this podcast. Josh H., thank you for commissioning this and Gattaca. Both of those are a lot of fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed your commission. If you would like to make us watch something uh, and, and see what we think about it, it's super easy. Go to support.baldmove.com. Click on the commission podcast. There's now an ad you can do ad free at the traditional rate. We'll give you a discount if you let us put ads on it because we'll get our get our money back the other way. Uh, 
and uh, the, the 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 price goes up as the people the the, the, the as the queue gets longer to to help us control like the price and supply and demand there. So uh, it's relatively ro- low right now. Uh, it might be filling mm-hmm. up over the course of summer. So check it out if you've been, you've been kicking around the idea. Support.baldmove.com. Check out Commission Podcast. Uh, we've got a bunch of fun ones in store. In fact, the next one is uh, we just got done watching Bobby Eggs, The Northman. Someone commissioned The Witch. I'm very excited about that. It's going to be next. It's going to be a couple weeks yeah. before we get around to it. But that's that's next on our commission docket. Check out the support.baldmove.com if you want to find out how to commission your own. But we'll see you on the next Bald Move Prestige or Pulp. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.